No, we're not. No, you're not. Am I not, not what? 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 Am I not? We're gonna do a show. I know you. I, 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 oh, you were recording. You were doing like the cocaine guy. Lots of ideas before we came on the air. <laughs> I was doing like and the I was cocaine. Trying to stop hey. you from. Brian, I got a new character. It's called Cocaine Guy. Doing and a show. Anyway, he's got a lot of ideas. Well, yo, you cool. didn't say character. I said you came <laughs> off like a cocaine guy because you were getting you were getting a little bit too amped about your ideas. But the problem was, too many of them were flowing together at the same time. And it's like. Take your time, dude. First one at a time, like, just like the lines you just did before you came up with those ideas. <laughs> one at a time, one, one at a time. time. You can't do two lines at a time. You can't. You have two nostrils. Don't be a baby. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. And I'm John Huck. Um, you know, when my family was here, they stole one of my chargers. You know, she don't have a charger right there. They stole it. No, she. Oh. she took it on accident. But I was just like, you know, I put a lot of effort. In, I'm sure if you've been in my house, which you have. I put chargers next to every armrest. Right, which is... Because I have I, kids. Well, I can appreciate and that. everybody's always charging a damn phone. And here's the thing. It probably saves you money in the long run. Because if you just had Why? those chargers that weren't plugged in anywhere, someone would take one to charge their phone, and it would either get lost or misplaced. Well, but that still happened. That's what I'm saying. Well, they should know better. I'm down one charger. Your family should never be invited. I don't know if it's going to function for us a day without a phone charger. You'll be there. It's freaking me out. My OCD is really going nuts right now. Okay. I, did I already welcome us to Hollywood Anonymous? I'm Brian Irwin. And I'm John Huck. Did I already yeah. do that? We already did that. Are Ooh. you? Cra- it's, can you not hear because the music is so loud? No, it's still high, dude. Still high. Oh, you're still high yeah. from last week. Yeah. <laughs> Two CBD gummies. Yeah, whatever it takes. How many? So uh, whatever this. it takes. CBD, ABD, ABC, <laughs> whatever it takes, man. You're like the what Mr. I, yeah. Mom of weed. Listen, I'm all in. You're all you know, in. It's a, ga- it's a gateway drug, John. I'm doing heroin now. I mean, people were right. Everybody in the Midwest was right. Mm-hmm. That Dude, first of all. I'm a heroin addict I would like because to... I, t- I took CBD, so now I'm a heroin addict. They're I would, right. I would like to Vote point out. out that I was one of the first classes to have the D.A.R.E. program tried on us. Yeah, how'd that area. work out? Well, that, that was a <laughs> stupid question. Why did I even ask that question? <laughs> Worked out great. I live in Hollywood now. <laughs> I, to this day, I still love quoting the great Patrick Keene's you know, joke, right? Mm. He talks about, I'm going to bastardize it, but he talks about the fact that uh, when he was in school, they um, they did the the D.A.R.E. program and told us, don't do drugs. The don't do drugs campaign was just like, drugs? What are these drugs right. you're talking about? Because well, you, know, you, like. you told me not to eat candy. They said, don't don't have candies. So now I want to know about these drugs. We should definitely try these drugs for telling me I can't have those either. If and it's, it's like, close to candy, if it's yeah. anything like candy. Yeah. Like I said, I bastardized a joke, but, it, but it's, you know, if Patrick Keene was here, he would well craft that son of a bitch. No, Patrick Keene is very funny. Um, extremely funny, the Patrick Keens. Yeah, I was gonna say I know I know this, but um, might might date the show a little bit because it was a few weeks ago and the a real Emmys have already aired. I don't we won't know who won, but like I went to the Creative Arts Emmys uh, last night or two nights ago with my wife. They were nominated for Shark Tank, and they lost to Queer Eye, which was fine because everyone uh, seems to love Queer Eye for the straight. And guy. was this the one you were telling me that your wife actually would have been able to take home an Emmy? If yeah, she this wanted? was her. We went last year on someone else's ticket, and she was. Uh, and so she, we were there. She was while she was a producer last year. They were being nominated for the season before, which would make her an associate producer, which she would not have been able to take an Emmy home. This time she was nominated. The show was nominated. She was a producer on the show for that season. So had they won, she would have gotten an Emmy to take. How home. nice would that have been able to just see in your sitting in your place? An yeah, Emmy. Yeah. I mean, we've been, we've, I've, you know, you've been to friends that have had them, and you're like, oh, yeah, cool. but they're not yours, right? Exactly, they're not in your place. Yeah. I went somewhere else to see. A, well, I do have my um, fantasy uh, my, football fantasy trophy. Yes, everyone's very trophy. impressed by your fantasy football. No, trophy. actually, no one references it. No one, probably because they're embarrassed for you. But okay, <laughs> all right. 
Nashville. They won a couple times. You know, that comes with money, dude. Okay, so yeah, I'm a winner that's true. on multiple levels. That's true. It's f- not just the trophy. You provide for your family. No, but I got money for it. Okay. Provided so no, for myself. All right. The amount of money that I got. That sounds fun and greedy. No. But anyway, congratulations to everyone on Shark Tank. kids for... think they're I, I'm and cool. And congratulations to Brian for fantasy football. Yeah. All right, finally. Yeah, I think the same thing. Creative Arts Emmy and fantasy football same. trophies. They had they had your award show next door uh, at the actual Staples Center, not the Microsoft <laughs> Theater. The fantasy football awards were in the Staples Center. Actually, they were two doors down at somebody else's house. Oh, okay, that could be. And actually, it wasn't even that; it was just dropped off on my doorstep with a <laughs> note like that saddest, said, "You're out of the league." Fantasy football is like the saddest victory. Like no one gives a shit. Like if you actually play fantasy football. It scales you down to two people. Everybody else that was in your league when it first started with a couple beers and like some fun times, nah. they're all like, fuck you, I'm out. They've moved down with their lives. It boils down to two guys. And then once you beat that person, they don't congratulate. Like, it's nothing. You just won. And like, no one is giving a shit. Yeah. So basically, it's a competition where you whittle yourself into being Alone. of no interest to anybody at all. Good stuff. But money comes with it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to bring in our guest. Okay. Unless you got something else? No. I just wanted to talk about my victories in I, fantasy every, football. Everyone and, is impressed. Are and you, congratulations uh, to your wife, almost. Almost. Well, congratulations for being nominated. Yeah. Well, I meant the almost, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But the award shows are always fun for me just to go hang out. I saw a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a while. And a couple of people I knew were up for different things. Bojack Horseman. Uh, I think you say Bo Jackson. I was Bo like, Jackson oh, okay. was up for a couple of awards. Biggest okay. thighs. Um, <laughs> Still? Sweetest neck. Yeah, dude, that guy is a tree trunk. He's like literally... The trunk of a redwood carved okay. out. Like Bo Jackson is. I have to I have to see his thirty on thirty. Fuck, thirty for thirty on that. Have you not? You should. Have you not seen his thirty? No, on, I have seen. Oh, it. but I don't point, think they talk about his origin story. He was <laughs> carved a, out of being, a redwood. Being tree. a redwood, dude. He points at. <laughs> he's got all these weights at his house, and he's like, "These are for when people come over to do photo shoots." Like I don't lift weights, and I'm like, "Who are you?" Well, he doesn't need to anymore. When is well, this is when he was playing. And oh, dude. When his when he his injury that took him out of football, the doctor was like. Uh no his it couldn't his hip didn't come out he'd be screaming in pain <laughs> he popped up and walked away from the hit he got hit out of bounds by some piece of yeah, shit yeah. on the Bengals oh. and he got up and walked away and was like oh man I think my hip came out and the doctor was like ha, 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 you can't your human being would be you'd be screaming you'd be screaming if your hip even if it went back in and the doctor looked at the extras like holy shit your hip came out and he was like yeah. I knew something was wrong. <laughs> Fucking, that's a specimen. That's a guy, wow. all the right DNA in the yeah. right place. And that dude is just, yeah. a, it's not a human being. That's no. like a fucking no. superhuman. No, he's definitely, he was, he was, he got the good gene pool. Oh my I God. I was conceived on fumes. I'm too, I was the youngest. Of my no, you could definitely play football with both. I could definitely do nothing. <laughs> you I stapled, coach. I stapled a glove to my hand once. You we all know. <laughs> First of we all. Know, we know where I fall in the things that I was given talent wise is zero. That's so. really funny. You stapled a glove I to did. your hand. It was embarrassing. Uh, nah, don't be embarrassed by that. No, I had no choice. Uh, our guest today. Um, this is a guy I've known since yesterday, since this morning when I called him. No, uh, I'm gonna. I just I want to kind of put it in perspective, like you know, because we talk a lot about when you start out in this business, people fall away, and then most of them 
almost never come back. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's the, the thought process is, I'm leaving, I have to get some shit together, and then I'll be back. Well, it's the get the shit together part in the and middle. That's why you know they're never coming back. Well, right. You get your shit together. It takes like 30 years. No, they're like, not getting their shit together. You're missing my point. That's why you're never going to see them. Yeah. Well, so, right. So that happens. And, and this is a guy who I've been doing shows with, I'm going to say like as early as 2004, probably 2005, and then... Um, Always loved the dude. Then he kind of had to had to take off, and then I always sort of stayed half in touch with him. You know what I mean? Like, which is a rare thing that wasn't just on online. It was like texts and whatever. And now he's back, uh, kicking ass and better than ever. Uh, Don Lewis, everybody. Hey, Don. I I want to. What's up? What's up? Thank you. Uh, thank you for doing the show. But on top of like being a comedian, producing shows, you're also an air traffic controller. First. Yes. For well, really? That's I thought you were job. I thought well, you were that's doing what pays comedy the bills. That to pays put your really way. well. I mean, I can do open mics for beer, but <laughs> Yeah, money's never been a problem for you. Yeah, well, not until recently. Uh-huh. Um money hasn't been a problem until I discovered family court. Uh, so anyone out there listening, that's like a whole nother episode when we talk about family court and like custody of children and ooh. stuff like that. Going deep. Oh. So before we get there though, did you did take time off? Is no, that what you were well, well, no, he left comedy LA. a little bit. So when when John met me, mm-hmm. all the comics knew me as a comic. All air traffic controllers and pilots knew me as an air traffic controller. Okay, those worlds never bumped into each other. Okay. Very rarely did those worlds overlap. You weren't the guy that was constantly promoting your shows at work. No, no, and <laughs> because air traffic controllers are weird people. Dude. So and you, you were doing your bits over the headphone. Yeah, the but, the pilots, yeah. But, but you're you're pilots. very right. Like that's a weird group. That's like. Audio guys or something like yeah. it's a weird. You mean it, it's like a subculture that we it, aren't. It, it, okay. it is the yeah. It is the weirdest of the geekdom. Yeah, that you can find. Like air traffic controllers are normally tech people. They're Type A personalities, but they're they're weirdos. So when they climb into the tower or a tracon or whatever, they get in front of a radar or they climb up to a glass bubble and control airplanes, they become a different person, and they're just that hyped up version of themselves because you have to be. Su- supremely confident in what you're doing, obviously. Oh, yeah, there's no room for second guessing Not a lot and like of hemming and hawing and Not shit. So that world is that world. And then the comic world was my relief from that world. So that was my yin and yang. I'm dealing with stuff at work. And then I work, I, mean, I can't wait to get on stage and just get this off. And I never talk about air traffic on stage. I just just whatever bit I want to run, that stress goes away. You you use that as your release, yeah. That's my release, and uh, been doing it forever until one day those worlds crashed into each other, and that's where we are now. Oh, okay, because I was going to say, it took me I thought, like, I honestly thought you were kidding the first time you told me what you did, because we had just been doing bar shows together, and you were a comic I knew. And I'm not saying, you don't you don't look like an idiot, but, like, I know who I was back then, and I was a fucking moron. So, like, me going around and hanging out at Jimmy's and you know, fucking four dollar yes. gin and tonics or whatever, yes. like hanging out with you and you're making fart jokes and talking about banging chicks on stage. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. And then you're like, oh, I go, oh, what do you do for money, money? And he's like, I'm an air traffic controller. And I was like, get the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> laughing. Great joke. All in my head, I was like, you know how intense you'd have to be to be an air traffic controller? You can't just be a regular, like, he's a casual dude. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, what? one of the cats, um, I forget which comic, um, who one of those guys who like I got to go get my life together, yeah, and, and then never saw him disappeared. again. Disappeared. Um, would ask me every day, did an airplane crash? 
in an airplane crash. Every day he would see me because every day I was doing open mic. Every day I was at the comedy store. That was back when they were doing Sunday. So Monday, it was Jimmy Pibb. Jimmy Pibb. <laughs> Jimmy Pibb. Jimmy Pibb. Uh, but every day, Jimmy. and it was that era though. But you know, it, was, it was that era. But every day he would ask me, "Did airplane crash? Did airplane?" Finally, of course, one day I came in to the airplane. I'm like, "Yeah, an airplane crashed today." And he's he had that look. You Holy guys can't shit, yeah. see this is radio, but John's face is just wide open right now. <laughs> but uh, he's like, "You're kidding?" I'm like, "Nah." Pulled it up. Here, look. The airplane crashed today. No one died. Great right, day. Right. You know what I mean? Lost an airplane, but everybody walked Why away. Why do you? What, he was he asking to, to be silly? Just was being he a asking dick, to? I mean, it d- started out that way. I think it started out just to be silly. Not because he had some weird fascination with. But then it became the greeting every time he would uh, see me because okay. he knew I'm an I'm the air traffic. You're controller. the only guy that I've ever. I'm never going to know another air traffic controller. Uh, They're wait. never going to come into my world. Right. You've okay. already met a shit ton because you do the shows. Oh, remember well. those words? Those worlds are smashed into each oh, other. Oh, so now. those people are coming to Sycamore? A, sh- a shit ton of them. A that's, third of that it, crowd are air traffic controllers. Is that, no your, is that the release? They come to have fun. That's so that's yeah, for them also. For them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is they can go see a movie. They can sit at home and watch Game of Thrones or whatever. Fuck people are watching. Can I say? Fuck? Yeah, yeah. You can, whatever, say, yeah. You can say Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> it's off the air, but HBO doesn't listen. So, so uh, yeah, man, that's what it is. They come in there to have a good time, and I mean, and it's I'm at the end of my career. I retire in 16 months. Which, 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 by the way, just to I'm not gonna I'm not trying to tell people how old you are, but like you're not an old man when you like you're gonna retire younger than anybody else I know with like legitimate retirement. Not you're not being yeah. forced out, but as what is the air traffic controllers? You don't want some old fogey in the booth, like you don't. You don't. So mandatory age fifty six for air travel. Mandatory the guys are actually guys and girls work, working airplanes. Mandatory fifty six. You're eligible at age age fifty or twenty five years of service. You can retire at any age. Like if you get twenty five years, you can retire and, whatever age you are. And are you doing the twenty five years? I'll be fifty. I'll be just under twenty five. I'll be a hair under twenty five years, but I'll be fifty when I retire. And uh, in black years, that's like 86. I was going to say, dude, oh, you said 87? <laughs> in because, black years. Because yeah. in white years, it looks like 30, maybe. Right. You know right. what so I mean? Like 24 years, though. Yeah. And what got you into it? The Army. You know, I, I, in high school, wasn't a great student. You know, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. You know what I mean? Love the Bengals. That was a clean hit, by the way. Uh, yeah, it was like I was almost out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, it's this big dude. Whatever, he pulled his hip out. It's a clean hit. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I. I it's, we, this, by the way, just to be clear, before you get into the story, it's the fucking Bengals. This is all he's got. Okay? Yeah, oh no, they, no, I, they well, took out Bo Jackson. Other than that, big red machine. Yeah, we got the Reds. Wait, Johnny no, Benz, I said Joe the Morgan. Bengals. I know, but I'm but talking about the Bengals. But you said that's all he's got. This poor man has to have had to live through the Bengals. Real fan right here, goddamn it. You, you, you said it out loud. Real you must fan. be. Yeah. I would be hyped. Do you have shit. some Bengals Zuba pants? No. Um, you never you never went that far with your love? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't have American shirts either. I don't do that. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, so back to your uh, back so to the story. Yeah, nice. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, average student. I could have done a lot better, but public school. All that kind of stuff, life in the streets, all that, and um, yeah, just skim over life in the streets. Yeah, yeah, we, we can, all we can that. get back to that later. But <laughs> I knew, like in in the the, I was senior. I think I was a senior, or like it was like the end of my junior year. I'm going to talk to my uh, counselor, Mr. Metz, Marvin Metz. This man lived with his mother. Like it was one of those. <gasps> this things. guy's giving you career advice. Yes, he lives with his mom. He lives with his mom. So I walk into his office. Mandatory. You have to go in, and I go in behind, like. The the one of the number one star basketball players we had 
the, the Woodward High School in Cincinnati, Ohio, back then was ranked like top five wow. basketball schools in the Pretty nation. Good. And one of our star players was coming out of the meeting with Mr. Metz, and I'm going in. So he just had this amazing meeting with this guy who's like <laughs> on his way to the NBA. His, his parents, I mean, my parents love me, but his parents loved him more, <laughs> I think. You know what I mean? He didn't have to deal with the streets. Like he was like a smart kid. And um, he here was I come walking different in. Too. Yeah, yeah. And I come walking in, I sit down. He's like, So what are you going to do? What are your plans when you leave high school? I've enlisted in the United States Army. And he's like, oh, okay, but but what are you gonna do? I I just I enlisted in the gonna, United States Army. I'm gonna join the army. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm gonna do. Well, but what are your goals? Like, well, my goal is to make fifty thousand dollars a year or the equivalent when I'm a grown up. This is this is what I told him. Completely over his he he couldn't grasp the concept. He was like, well, what, well, well, what are you gonna do? Like, whatever it takes to make fifty thousand dollars a year or the equivalent. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I could I could. Pick up trash. I could, you know, make copies in the mailroom. If that pays this money, this is what I want to do. But you have to have a goal. I do. It's fifty thousand dollars. I mean, so <laughs> this is thirty-five goal. minutes. It's a number. <laughs> thirty-five minutes of us going back and forth. Finally, he was like, "Okay, you said you're joining the army. Yeah, I live with that. Okay, you can go. <laughs> yeah, I live with that. I open. Remember my opener? There was no the secrets here. I said I'm going into the army. Going into the army. I remember at one point he was like, "We do realize there's war brewing." Duh, 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 duh. No, no, this is before the build up the Desert Storm. That was like my junior year. So he was like, you know, if you join the army, you could go to war. I'm like, yeah, that's what they do. I mean, I mean, it's just. Or I, I mean, I, I'll give like him credit you. at least on that one. He's like, I don't want to see you killed, kid. That's not true because he I was in the streets. I'd already my, I'd oh, okay. faced guns and all that. I've seen death. I mean, I was joining the army to get away from that's to me <laughs> that life, you which know which I mean? says a lot. Like, I don't. I don't want this to be an everyday thing where, like, random – it should be – if we're going to be shooting, let's do it specifically in a direction that's not us. Or better yet, let me get the training and the equipment. Let me get that. So I'm then, not just randomly walking down the street and having to deal with all this shit on my own. How, what, what? Which helps now that active shooter is a thing. I know what to do. Yeah, dude, I would, I would literally, United States Army. I would follow you. Like if we, me and you, were in a public area, and that, I would just do everything you did or run the other way. Yeah, that's, I tell people that too. Like uh, we'll talk about people say, "Well, active shooter, you should do this, you should do that." Like now, nah, someone starts firing, and you, you're a civilian walking down the street, or you're at Trader Joe's or wherever, and you see people start firing. Like you hear the rounds, stop. You know, find some cover, take a knee. Figure out who's shooting and where. Then you can run. Because if you just start running, you, run, yeah, you, right could, run, you could, one, run right into him. Two, and and it does happen all the time. Yeah. All That's the time. what happened in Vegas. That's why so many more people got hit, because they didn't know. And which way to go? But that one was a little bit more difficult, right? Because it was probably hard for them. It had been hard to, to, to find that guy firing from where he was firing. But you can see the muzzle flashes. But, it, oh, but, okay. the, but you got to sure, know where to look, and there's yeah. so many bright lights I'm in sure Vegas, the so. combat guys on the ground there, they, they, knew. The, they were looking and they saw it. But, I mean, and that's a situation where, I mean, you're just fucked. There's nothing really you can do yeah. in that situation. And especially that's, at the yeah. rate and speed that he was shooting. Yeah, the and there's, yeah, there's, I mean, he's just putting rounds down oh, range, yeah, yeah. and he's not aiming at anyone. He's just spraying it. And, 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 and that's the worst scenario, because you're just watching people fall, and there's nothing you can do. I mean, even if, if you were in a combat scenario, getting that guy would have been difficult. Yeah. You know? 
And you, a lot of people would have been lost. So that was just horrific, that dude. Just telling you, man, y'all white folks, man. Oh, y'all, y'all, I'm worried. We don't disagree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one's, no one's arguing that. We do that. not disagree. No one's arguing the ugh, white folks. But, that's... but going back to growing up, I mean, you're, it sounds like where you grew up was not a great environment. Is that what you're saying? Not in my neighborhood. I mean, Cincinnati is a great place to live if you can afford to live in the nice parts of Cincinnati, which, I mean, dude. Whatever it costs for us to be sitting here where we're sitting right now, yeah. you take that to Cincinnati, yeah. you're in the top 1%, one okay. half of 1% in Cincinnati. Now, okay. we didn't have that. Yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, my parents took care of me, and we live where we live, but my reality was different. I mean, life for me, I can remember walking to, um, I used to walk to school, elementary school. Like, kids don't do that anymore, by the way. I don't no. know why you don't see kids. Nope, walking. not out here. <laughs> not, not without their parents. Not, yeah, without yeah. their parents carrying their book bags. Like, mm, fuck yeah. that. Carry your own weight, little bastard. Anyway... <laughs> I was walking to school and I found what I thought was a little toy gun on on the ground and it was like a little gun like the the kind you would see like yeah. in the old school yeah. game oh, you, put your, you put all your shoe right yeah. like a little danger thing like you hide it up your sleeve and you right. shoot somebody because they had eighteen aces or something anyway <laughs> I picked it up it's always only ever card games right yeah, only ever card games so I pick it up and I'm a kid I'm like a fifth grader right I'm walking down the street I'm pointing it. That cars are going by. I'm making noises. You know, luckily I was by myself. I didn't have a friend with me. I took the gun. I put it to my head, and I said, "Wait a minute." Extended my arm, pulled the trigger. Pow! It's a real fucking gun. It's a real fucking gun. I almost Jesus shot myself. Fucking Christ! Dude. Almost shot myself with a fucking two shot danger on my way to school in on a random day in Cincinnati, Ohio. On my way, I was living on. I was in Avondale. For anybody out there who knows it, a one. What's up? You know what I mean? I'm walking down the street. I almost shot my fucking self. I almost shot passersby. I was aiming at people as they were driving by. Dude, there's a Johnny Cash song about that. Oh, man, and it it's is. pretty fucking intense. He sang it in Folsom, which is, I would have been there if I had fucking survived shooting myself. They'd have locked me up, which is another thing we could talk about one day. Uh, so, yeah. how do you, so how does one go about navigating a world like that? You said, obviously, you had good parents. Is, do you, yeah. is that really all it really boils down to in scenarios like that? How do you survive? Because it, it, it's, it's got, it sounds depressing. It sounds like got to be difficult to try to like what's the hope like you know what i mean like it's, you come from that environment like what man, was it i think it's it's the bubble you live in i've been using this term a lot i like it it's your bubble like it's it's the bubble you are in wherever you are okay right so in my bubble you find guns you deal with violence you see people get hurt you see people die that was my bubble i didn't know there was any difference in my bubble growing up you left the house with a piece on you. Like once I became old enough, my father got me a my first weapon. I was fifteen. Wow, I had a three eighty. Not because I was a thug trying to live the thug life. I'm trying your to dad survive. Was worried that you were going to have to deal with people that yeah. were fucking trying to live the thug life. Yeah. It's interesting. So there is you. You had to arm yourself. Yes, you had now, to arm yourself. This is good. Just going out or going to school. Like what was the? I didn't take my weapon to school. I didn't feel I needed it. But if I felt I needed a weapon. I would take one. And, and like, if you were a kid today, you'd take your weapon to school because you feel like you would need it. Yeah, if I was a kid today, I would I would plead with my parents to, to homeschool me if I were a kid today. Like, I have a 10-year-old and I have a 2-year-old. And my daughter, I'm really considering, like, you know, especially when I retire, like, let's look at this homeschool thing. Let's figure out the money and let's let's do it. But then what are you sacrificing for that? Now your child doesn't know how to interact That's with other people. That's the thing. It's the social part of school is really where you get your edge. Like, I, I learned, I guess, like I know how to read. I can write. I'm not a total fucking idiot. But like, well, I, <laughs> it's up for debate. But like my social <laughs> skills, which again, up for debate, are like, dude, that's where I fucking learned, made friends and learned how to not be a psycho and learned how to like, 
You know what I mean? I just there's no. I feel you. I feel you. This is this is my John Huck moment. Are you a idiot? Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> possibly. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I I, I have it. I would fucking be terrified if I had a child. Like you, I mean, it is what it is. Like we're in it, and um, I'm seriously considering it. But another consideration is leave L.A. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Leave the big metropolitan city and go somewhere where it is somewhat safer. Yeah, so but says career guy. Like, but what about comedy guy? I'd be fucked up for comedy, man. Like if I move to Tampa, yeah, there's comedy there, but there's I mean, you got to be New York or L.A. If you, for the comedy thing. And I'm retiring, which is that's going to be the thing. Like moving forward, 16 months from now, I am 100 percent like this. I mean, coach said in, in football, like, full go. Full now, go entertainment. Do you get like a, a pension, pension or yeah, something yeah. from? Yeah, yeah. So you will talk money, but I'm set. Even you're in taken LA. care of. Yeah, even in L.A., I can I can survive. I can still live my lifestyle in L.A. and it really wouldn't be a pinch. So before we get too far with it, how did so what what, what was the process of you uh, getting out of those those circumstances that led you to war? War got me out of there. I joined the army, became a paratrooper, United States Army, mm-hmm. and I went to Desert Storm. And you did? Oh, yeah. so you did? Okay. Yeah, I'm a veteran. I'm a, I'm a veteran of a foreign war. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Um, thank you. Thank you, John. Hey, it's yeah. all good. Did it for y'all. Did it for you too. Well, that's why I assumed you ran the show at Jimmy's too. For me, exactly. Just, that's it. <laughs> Missing a nut and everything. I did that shit. But for you. when you signed up, though, you—they say you're going to war, but you—did you really think when that I, you were going to war? When Desert I listed, Storm was the first time. Like I yeah, remember, I remember coming home from guitar I, I, lessons I, and my dad going, "Yeah, 91. I got there in ninety-one. Yeah, my dad was like, "We're at war." And I go, "Wait, what?" Like the war was a concept that that I thought as a child that we had moved past. Like mm. Vietnam was so terrible. That uh, and it, we lost. We didn't even fucking win that war. We were like zero and two or two and zero, oh, and then Vietnam and Korea. If you if you count Korea's that, a draw. <clears throat> Korea's a draw. It's but then draw. Vietnam, we clearly lost. Yeah. <clears throat> and that yeah. and then that I thought an, a war that had been on television. Well, we're never going to see that again. There's no way people can handle that killing. Like it just as a fucking kid, like yeah. in 1991, coming home, my dad yeah. going, "Well, we're at war," and I was like, "Well, no, 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 what?" That yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean, two, one, and one would never win that trophy with that record. We got the best. <laughs> we'll never win it. But no, I. So knew, how long were you in the military before you went to war? I, I, I finished training, so I, I enlisted. I did basic training. So when you enlist, how long? How many years is it? Four years. Four, I did a four-year four, okay, enlistment. Right. So I enlist within within fourteen months. I was in the desert. Wow. So. Um, and it's a funny story. Like, I, could you go through training, right? Like, all right, go to go to basic training. Did that. You go to advanced training. We call it AIT. Um, I did that. That's what he taught me how to be an air traffic controller because I was an air traffic controller in the army. In do the you, army, do you, so pick, you learn that. Do you pick your skill? Do they lay out a bunch you, of skills? The and army you go, lets you choose. Okay, like, so you, you would take a test. And wh- so, so, so why that? Well, here's the thing. I'm sitting in a recruiter's office, and I'm like, all right. I want to be a paratrooper. That's it. I thought that was the job. I figured, you know, it's jumping out of airplanes into battle. That's that has to be. That's the job, right? So, yeah, I'm, I well, saw Rambo. I want to do that shit. So, that's what you wanted to do. Hell yeah, I want to be a paratrooper since I was a kid. You could ask my mom, anyone in my family. They're like, he's gonna be an army man when he grows up. She's the guest after you, so we're gonna Let's ask give her. her a call. Let's give her a call. And that's that's what. Um, I mean, I was as a kid, I would jump off of shit. Anything I could climb on top of, I would jump off of it because I'm like, I'm gonna be a paratrooper. That's I want to start practicing. That's, 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 those are suicide attempts. That actually <laughs> is not paratrooping. I, I don't know if you know that live. or not. <laughs> I wanted to live, and I did live. Um, nah, so I joined, and uh, so you take a test. Uh, Arms forces, 
vocab. Let me see. It's ASVAB, the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. Yeah, oh, yeah. So obviously you had to test in no matter what, even no matter what you wanted to do. Test in no matter what. They, yeah. So you take the test. So you go in. I want to enlist. And we recruiters fucking promise you everything. Like, bro, all you got to do, is, man, score how on this. You go. You, you fuck all the time. You gonna get tons of money. <laughs> <laughs> Just pussy and cocaine. You're like, all really? Day long, was was war number fifty five on the list of great things you get wouldn't, to do? Wasn't even on the list. They're like, oh man. So. <laughs> So I got in there, and they they don't give a shit until you test. And once you test, if you got a shit score, they don't fuck with you. Like we got enough grunts. Like uh, you, I mean, you, they won't even bring you in. They're not even trying uh, to really. You have to really now. You got to go after them, to like be- bribe them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like wow, boy, I get your hand job, man. Just I come guarantee on. that changed. <laughs> That's got that must well, have yeah, changed. Well, yeah, this is we're talking about. Yeah, right you're talking right. yes. when there was still when they were selected. Enlistment is way yeah. down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, yeah. Now. So I scored high. And I'm sitting there like, all right, my dad was an MP in the United States military. I come from a military oh, okay, family. Okay, all right. You know what I mean? So, like, I, uncles and cousins, everyone, we're just a military family, aunts. So, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be an MP like my dad, and I'm going to be a paratrooper. Like, I'm going to jump out of airplanes, and then when I land, I'm going to beat the shit out of people with billy clubs, because that's what police do. <laughs> And um, mace you and shit and lie about it. Anyway, I you would have like, become famous. The Billy Club para. Uh, don't, you guys have you guys heard about that one? The Billy Club paratrooper. The paratrooper. He just yeah. flies in and just smashes you over the head. Right over the head. What, what, he what? plays theme music before he crushes your skull. <laughs> He's so awesome. But um, like yo, I, I so I did that and I scored high enough. So I'm sitting in the recruit, recruitment office, and this is when you're actually. We need your name. You're gonna swear in, and you're in. You're we just, meaning they're you gonna do. take you right there. I thought it was like that, like in the oh, movies. Okay. You enlist, oh, yeah. and you, in, there's you know, a bus in the back, and you fucking so they, go. They lock the front right. door, and you're like, no, 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 we're not, there's no running away now. Yeah, you're done. Right, but actually, it takes a little bit of time. So I'm in there, and this is this is the process. Like, this is it. This is when we get, this is when you sign a line. It's like when you buy a car, and they're just waiting for you to sign a line. Deal's done. So in order for me to get to that point, like, I got the high score. This is the guy we want. All right, what job do you want? I'm like, I want to be an MP. And it was like, okay, like, but I want to be a paratrooper because the first thing I said is I want to be a paratrooper. And he was like, well, that's not a job. It's a qualification. And I'm like, well, it sounds like a job to me. And he was like, no, you have to pick a job that goes along with being a paratrooper. I was like, okay, can I be an MP? Like, yep, absolutely, you can be an MP. I'm like, but I want to be a paratrooper. And he was like, <laughs> we can't guarantee it. And I'm like, oh, I know this trick. They warned me about this shit. Because the Army, the United States Army will put it in writing. Whatever it is that they can offer you, they will put it in writing. If they don't put it in writing, you ain't getting it. Anybody out there thinking about enlisting, I'm pretty sure it's still the same. They can't in the Army. The Marine say, Corps don't do that. They can promise verbally whatever they want. Yeah, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, once you're in, like you do what the fuck we tell you to do. But the Army will guarantee you the training. So I sit back and I'm like, well... No, I want to be a paratrooper. Like, well, once you get in, you can always request to go. Like, no, fuck that. I was already told. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm getting up to walk out, and and the guy was, like, trying to keep me there. Yeah, you tested well. You're smart, dude. They don't have a lot of people coming in there with fucking IQs of any kind. Yeah, sit down. Here's a soda. And I'm looking. And when you're sitting in a recruiter's office, there's all these posters. And all of the posters is what, at the time, was called 11 Bravo. I, I think it's 18 series now, but it's infantry. There's all these infantry pictures. There's these guys standing around with guns and smiling, and they're, like, doing, of course, later after I got in, because I worked with those guys as their type. But totally, they ain't, sh- they ain't, them motherfuckers were smiling because they were high in those pictures. Like, they were, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they, were, were they were ripped. They were, or they were just delirious with fucking pain, and so they just smiled. So I'm on the verge of saying, you know what? I'll do that, because I knew if I was infantry, I could be airborne. I knew they would make me a paratrooper. Before I could get it out of my mouth, he's looking at my scores like, would you like to be an air traffic controller? And I respond with the guys in the tower. He's like, yes. 
Like, can I be a paratrooper? He's like, yes. Goes so. hand in, is that go, kind of go hand in hand? Like, so, because I mean, you're dealing with planes that you would then be able to jump out of them? No, I mean, well, the, with, with... It sounds like they had to fall into certain categories, so that made it easier, right? Certain, and they desperately yeah. needed... They obviously needed your services at that point, so the answer was finally yes. So maybe it was more along the lines of they were more than enough MPs that are airborne. We don't need any of those. There are more enough whatever, but we do have these slots for air traffic controllers, and you, we do have what I found out was a tactical air traffic control unit. And that's the unit I was a part of. Okay. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. This is real cool. Um, sign me up. And that was that. I, I left like a month and a half later. And then, like I said, about 14 months after that, you know, my boots were on the ground. So when we got to Fort Bragg, real quick, just a real quick one. To your point, like, come on, man, it had to be a, a, a long shot. You actually going to war. I did think that. Like, once I got in, I'm not going to need air traffic controllers in this war. You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. Non-military guy, just learning, you know. So we get the Fort Bragg to our replacement company. And a replacement company is where they put all of the replacements, and then they send you off to your That's unit. That's North Carolina, South Carolina? So Fort Bragg is in North Carolina. Okay. So you go to Fort, Bra- Fort Bragg, North Carolina. I'm stationed there because I'm airborne. That's where the paratroopers live. You know, the Green Berets, the Rangers, Delta Force, all that stuff's at Fort Bragg. So I'm so there. Chuck Norris. Was I was there? about to say. So Chuck you're naming Norris, Chuck Norris man. movies, right? Cool guy, cool guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Me and Chuck, back of the bird. What's up? Really? Uh, oh, <laughs> I was like, that would be yeah. hilarious. He just sat in the back you and met, did karate moves by him until somebody Chuck said, "Norris, they bring Chuck, him we're in making like, a movie. Are you?" I was in the movie Delta Force, <laughs> and here's what I want to talk to you guys about. Yeah. So movie. continue. Yeah. So you're actually answering the question I was going to ask yeah. in advance anyway, which is how you ended up with your boots. I don't want to. So I'm I'm in this replacement company. I don't know. It's maybe 200 people there. We're all in formation, and they start calling out names. And it was like, I don't know, 20 people that they called. And I was one of the 20. So they had us fall out, and we're off to the side. So there's this huge formation, and then it was like the 20 of us facing the formation. Like, we had to form our own little formation. And we're all, like, elbowing each other and laughing. Like, them, four, them poor fucking bastards are going to war, right? Because it's like, that's the mass over there. And then, you know, the sergeant in charge or whatever was like the main group. Okay, on the command to fall out, fall out, go to the barracks, go to so-and-so, and da-da-da, get something to eat, blah, blah, blah. Fall out. They all fall out, and they turn around to us. You lucky motherfuckers, you're going to war. It's just like in Full Metal Jacket. You know oh, what I mean? Just yeah. like, you, you just like, you ought to be proud of yourself. You're going to get to serve your country. And if you're lucky, you die for your country. In that moment, what does your stomach feel like? What is going through your mind? I mean, because it's like it's, I'm sure you probably thought there was always a chance you're going to go to war, but then you actually hear the words, you're going to war. In that moment, coming right out of airborne school, I was like, yeah, hell yeah, this is it. This is what I joined for. Fuck yeah, let's okay. go. Okay. Yeah. And because when you train, again, United States military, especially as a paratrooper, I mean, you're you're following the footsteps of those guys before you, the, you know, the Green Berets in, in Vietnam, you know, Easy Company in, in World War II, the Big Red One in World War One. They drill that shit into your head. Everywhere you go, you see, you know, photos and posters. Yeah, of the class read. that was before you. Yeah, you read about guys who were rewarded, uh, rewarded the you know, Congressional Medal of Honor and all this stuff, you, you you know, by the time you get somewhere and they, you know, they give you orders to go, you're like, fuck yeah, let's go. At least I was. No, that's, I'm sure you could not, I mean, that's the training. That's part of it. It's no, like, but I always get wonder these if there's fucking just dudes ready to go attack. When you find, I, I always wonder, like, though, human nature, when yeah. you finally hear Oop. the words. I'd shit my pants. Now, or that, what that, about that, when that you land when you it. get in country, yes. Once you there get in go. country, what the fuck have I done? Because okay. now you're in a different world. Yeah. You get off the bird, it's fucking hot. You know what I mean? Because I mean, you happen to be in the hot. desert. Or you, you know what I mean? You, you get off the bird like, all right, we can't eat any meat. 
You know what I mean? We can't drink. It ain't, it's not like Vietnam where they're like cooking steaks yeah. and banging chicks in the back. So Because you're in the middle of fucking nowhere. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere and you're in a Muslim nation. They don't have any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you, dude, like, what are we going to do for fun today? And like Sergeant Anderson, like, oh, let's go down to the fucking stoning pit. Like, what? They stone people to death over there. Still. Like, in the, you know, you read about that shit biblically, like, oh, so-and-so was stoned. And as a kid, I mean, how do you kill somebody? That's when I was in church with rocks, because we had rocks. Yeah, you know yeah I've mean? been like, in rock but, fights, dude. Right, but Nobody over died. there, they got these big fucking boulder things that they throw with. Oh, that's how they kill Oh, that's you. not stoning. That's yeah. a boulder. Okay. Boulder. Stoning you with these big fucking rocks. so fucking violent. And they fuck you up over there. They cut your hand off if you steal shit. They cut your head off. So know. all that stuff is real. That's, that's just not these myths that we right hear now. over here. Okay. Yeah. What's going on right now? And that's the... That's the culture you're in, and I, I... I love that that's one of the first things they asked if you guys wanted to do instead of having a drink or getting some meat. They're like, well, we can go to the stoning pit. Well, because that's all there was. There was no... There was no... And <laughs> there was no real combat. We thought we were going to get to see some shit, but we really didn't see anything. And everything went down and went down fast. I mean, it was, it was what it was. So you were, you, were, you, you were there in advance of something? I got there right after the air war started. When okay. the air war started... Because that was another thing, too. Was like, well, we're going to go, and all the guys are like, we got to go get these fucking boot knives and all this shit. And I'm like, man, you guys are being premature, man. We probably won't even really fight. It's just a show of force. They're going to fly everybody back home. And then, like, three hours later, the news broke. You know, it was like bombs over Baghdad. And it was like, oh, shit. So I walked out of the bar, went right back into that knife store that everyone was just in, bought myself. <laughs> we get that knife. one. And a nice boot knife that I wound up giving to my dad when I got back. And uh, So you did not see combat? No, we were there, but it just, it was no one I'm, to kill. It was so quick. It was yeah. no one to kill. Yeah. You know I mean, we were there. Um, where, 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 were you, how far outside of Baghdad were you? We never went, in, like, we were in Saudi Arabia on the border. We were, um, I was just outside of uh, Rafa, um, on this thing we call Tap Line Road, which is long-ass pipeline in the middle of the fucking desert. We were just along, like, so many clicks along this on Tap Line Road. Like, literally, you riding on this fucking desert road. And it, the picture doesn't change for hours. Like, you just sit Straight there, ahead. It's the fucking pipeline and all the sand in the road. Were and you guys it, protecting the pipeline? No, we just happened to be there. Oh, uh, okay. We just happened to be there. And there was the area where we staged, and we had, like, all of our air elements. That, you know, we had all these Apaches and Blackhawks and Chinooks. And then the controllers, like, the combat controllers and all that shit. And we had all of our gear. We could set up an airport and fully run that bitch. Like, all of the you know, instruments that you would need to get through, like, dust storms and bad weather and all that. It, we had all that. Like, we can do, and do you, do you uh, deal with helicopters, too? It's all, everything? Mostly air- helicopters went in the Army. It was mostly, mostly uh, rotary craft, you know, Blackhawks, you know. So every anything that goes in the air, you guys are responsible for helping yeah. it get off the ground and getting it back and on then the ground. If, yeah, and if we were, like, we would have uh, non-directional beacons. That was our primary mission as a, like, as a tact team, like a tactical team. We would jump in with these beacons, and we can set up beacons and turn them on when we need to, and a pilot can get a fix prior to or target or whatever. To just, just to give them, hey, turn on now. We got this final fix, and they can go and do what they got to do. And then you can turn them off so that you're not. See, that's the problem. Oh. It only takes, if they're ready, if the enemy is ready to triangulate on your ass, it doesn't take long to get that and yeah. light you up. So once you turn that shit on, you basically got to get the fuck out of there because you know within five minutes it's going to be rounds inbound to that location. Wow. So someone has to do it. You know what I mean? That's so the beacons did. don't tell you where to land. They just give you the fix on where you're at yeah. so you can go land over here and you know that. Or go bomb over there. Like, it's just a non-directional ah, beacon. So gotcha. you have this shoots out all this information, all these radios, and the plane can pick up the fix, follow it to the beacon, and then go out on a different radio 
and like that radio, this outbound radio is going to put me eight miles from my target or whatever. Wow. Final fix, and then they're good to go. They go in and, you know, kill, and then they come back. But by that time, we're, we're dead. Yeah, you've been hit, and then, <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, so, uh, did, some, did you, would you send, did you ever send out copters that never came back? No, we, we, I mean, it was guys who were working some airports, some tactical airports that would tell us the stories. Yeah. You know, and like the pilots would come back, like in, av- in air traffic now, like if you're a pilot and something goes wrong, you declare an emergency and the controllers, are gonna, you're number one, we're going to get you everything you need. We're going to get you where you need to go and safely and all that. That's what we do. Yeah. On civilian side. Military guys work the same way, but the military guys would come back like, oh, we're declaring an emergency. Like, yeah, you're number 18, but we're an emergency. Yeah. The other 17 are emergencies too. So like everybody's all fucked up coming back. They move everyone they can, but then they focus on, all right, this guy has one engine. He's priority. Oh, oh this guy has no Because they've all been getting shot at. Right. So, okay. Yeah, this was real priority. Oh, oh, this one has his cockpit shot out. Oh, this one has wounded on board. So it's just you prioritize and get them down as best you can, get them what you, know, get them what you need. But, which, which, which leads into that's why this is such a difficult job, the, this, the level of stress. A lot of stress. E- even on a normal day? A lot of stress. Okay. Like every, it's, I mean, just a regular. I think of a regular day uh, for me traveling, and just the idea that I got to get on a plane that's now like, now nah, we can't take off because they got something going on in Chicago. So we got to sit here for like two hours, and then when we land in Chicago, oh, they had the gate wrong, so now we got to go and taxi around and get to it. It's going to take another hour just to get to the fucking place we need to let you out at. I like. That's stressful enough for me thinking about the, just the flight attendants and having to deal with other people that are like, why the fuck are we where we're supposed to be? Yeah, and now you got fucking pilots yelling at you to do the same thing, probably. You're constantly thinking, you're constantly planning, and you're changing those plans. So, you know, I can, I'm sitting around and this, we can be sitting around the tower right now, like, oh, there's nothing going on, we're just shooting shit. And not even 40 minutes later, it could be the busiest, most intense session we've had in years. And it happens all the time. Yeah. It happened yesterday. I mean, it's just one of those things, like, you can you can be at work, and then it's this feast or famine. Like, there's nothing going on, and all of a sudden, what the fuck? You it's almost kind of like firemen, right? Same thing. It's like, you wait, and then the fire happens, you got to get And then it. that work, your actual work is intense. You when, you, when you got out of the military, so you only did the four years? And yes. did you, did Active. You, and then it, I did some reserve time, but... Back home? Yeah. So you went back... Did you go back home to I Cincinnati? I went back to Cincinnati. And, 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 and where did you start... Did you go straight into like okay, I could take this job, and go get an air traffic controller job right away? Did you? Is that what kind of? You no, know, it, it takes networking because every air traffic controller in the military, you know, at the time, like we're going to get into the FAA, and everyone, not everyone's going to make it. It's not right. that many slots, and back then the FAA weren't hiring. There was a hiring freeze for a long time. Oh. So because I was in the military, because I had the training, because I was a veteran, I had a program set up that allowed us to get in. At least like get a the placement. A placement yeah, yeah it was up, called yeah. the Veterans Relocation Act. That's, that's what I was hired under. I didn't have to, they didn't have to train me because I'm already an air traffic controller. They can just send me right to the tower, which is what they did, from Cincinnati to Van Nuys, California. When and did you get sent? How, when did you go from Cincinnati to here? 1998. Sorry, like September. So, and, and they, so that, they send you somewhere else? It's like a relocate? Like, is that, it's all like, this? Hey, we got a position here. Would you like it? And you move yourself there at your own expense. Like, yeah, so each you. airport is not, a, it, it, is can, those parts of it are controlled by the federal government, correct? That's not a private, like, on-site private company. Without getting too far into the weeds, like, LAX is controlled by federal aviation employees, air traffic controllers. Got it. The, the FAA does not control the airport. The airport is run by LAWA, okay. which is a local entity, and they are responsible for, like, taxiways, runaways, equipment, okay. all that stuff. So so the controllers are government. You're the sky. 
We're the sky. You're just the sky. So we they they let us use their runways. Like it's it's the airport's runways. The airport can come in and say we are shutting the runways down, and there's nothing the air traffic controllers can do. And you said you got you went from Cincinnati. You did a couple years in Cincinnati. That was I was back home for four years. Four years waiting for a slot. And that waited for oh so, did you, so did you ever work in Cincinnati? No, and that was the control. So was, you yeah. you the first job you had was in Van Nuys, and that was ninety eight. And randomly placed, right? You didn't go. I love Van Nuys. <laughs> no, they were. Yeah, I I had no Van idea Nuys. where Van Nuys was. I was gonna say unless you'd no heard idea. keys on Van Nuys. They were telling like you know you're working with HR, and I'm like, listen, you know I'll work anywhere. Like, well, it'll be maybe four years or whatever. We can get you in Cincinnati. Like, no, nah, I'll go anywhere. You know what I mean? Cause, again. I'm in a place I don't really want to be. I was going to say, you weren't hankering to stay in Cincinnati by any means. And the streets got worse when I came back. You know what I mean? It's not like the streets cooled off when I left. You know, I went to war, and I'm getting messages from home like so-and-so was murdered, so-and-so's dead, so-and-so's missing. And and I come back to that. You know, it's firefight. You hear about people like, you went to war. I'm like, yeah, but y'all doing the firefighting? Like, this is crazy. People are shooting at each other. It went from, like, the, the, the weapon my father gave me that was cool, but when I got back, I needed real weapons. Like it was like everywhere I went, I had something on me, like a real weapon that I maintained and I was ready to use because between the people on the streets and the police, I was like, dude, it ain't safe. Yeah. <laughs> it simply isn't safe. So I'm like, I can't wait to so get please. hired and get out of here. So I get to since I get from Cincinnati to LA and I'm like, cool. You know, it was like good news, bad news. Great news, I got hired. Bad news, I'm in L.A. because it costs so much to live out here. But in Ohio, uh, you're allowed to carry? Now. Then Back you then, weren't. No. Yeah. So what would you do? I mean, did you ever have to have any confrontations with, with the police? And if you had a weapon on you, or were you fortunate enough you, never, you didn't have to deal yeah, with that? You may have noticed I'm pretty a pretty smooth talker. Pretty smooth. So I've been pulled over plenty of times and dirty as hell. Like, yo, please come into this car or come into this house. I am never getting out of jail. Like, it was just, I mean, my people were my people. Like, the, the people I kicked it with were in the streets and making money and doing that sort of thing. So yeah. I had an opportunity at one point to live in a place, like, free rent. This is great. But the one drawback is we sell drugs out of this spot. <laughs> so yeah, I really a, needed the free rent. Like, so I'm staying in a place. living situation. Yeah, as an intense living situation. <clears throat> it was so, like, I didn't realize that that bubble was wrong until I got, to California oh, okay. in 1998. That was our existence. That's how it is. It's, it's like that now. You know what I mean? There's people who live in that bubble, and that's just their reality. Is Who's to say that they're wrong? So I'm living in a place where I have to be armed just to walk out like to that wall out there and come back. I got to be armed. So I can remember one night, I got out of my car, parked, and, dude, we're talking less than 20 yards from the door. I park. I take three steps. I stop. I turn around. There are two guys right behind me. And right away, they just, they were stuttering, and they're like, oh, have you seen so-and-so? Like, nah, I ain't seen you. Meanwhile, I'm, I got the poker face on. I'm like, you well, know, you know whatever, they're not right. The reason I turned around, I left my gun in the car. I was turning around to get my gun, right, in case two dudes would walk up on me and want to fucking rob me. And when I spun around, they didn't expect me to turn around. So they froze, assuming, shit, he got his gun. Everybody knew me like, yo, that cat, you know, Donna's always heated. You better look out for him. I turn around and they freeze, make up their little story and they go away. And I go to the car and I get my gun, I go back in the house and I go to bed. That's the day. I mean, it's like one of those things. Wouldn't even didn't even bother me. Yeah. But had I not turned around at that moment, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Never would have met me. That's <laughs> fucking crazy. That's that reality. And I wanted to get out of that shit as soon as possible. Like we're I'm a hard working dude. I'm I don't I'm not a bad person. Like I've done 
what you're supposed to do. Well, you were also you also clearly wanted to you you wanted to be your own you wanted to make your own way. Like you joined the army to get a better opportunity. So when you got out, you were able to continue moving forward and not. I mean, you you saw what where you were living. You saw the people that never got out. You saw the people that were lifers. You saw yeah. that kind of shit, and, and it worked. You. I mean, it worked. I got here. You know what I mean? Yeah, it worked. You know what I mean? I'm grateful for that. But but like to your question with the police, like I would get pulled over, and you know, law enforcement can't go into your car without a warrant. I don't give a fuck what they say to you. They can't go in your car without a warrant. If they want to search for drugs, and they get a, a dog and they have probable cause. That's one thing. I never had drugs. Right. I wasn't a drug. I've never been a drug dealer. I never had drugs. You know what I mean? So you can't get into this car because if you do get into this car, I'm going to jail because I got a lot of weapons. And people talk about like the uh, this gun thing. Like everyone talking about guns and we need more laws and we need this and that. I've never had a legal weapon, registered weapon in my life. But I've had tons of weapons. Every type of weapon you can think of. I hate to tell you people, I don't care what the law states. If somebody wants to go and get themselves a weapon, they're going to get it. In this country, well, it's, it's because it's flooded now. I mean, it's, it's been flooded. More guns here than people. So there's nothing you can do to stop it. Sorry, people are dying. I you just people get frustrated and want to feel like they want to do something about. We got to change the culture. Well, it's the obsession the culture. with culture. Not, you know, and also to to the point of like a lot of times you find out that the shooter bought their gun at Walmart or wherever, and they have a serious folder of mental issues that is art. So the the laws and the changes that people are asking for are for those types of people. I get what you're saying. That's like saying anybody who wants cocaine can go fucking get cocaine. Like, yes. It's illegal as shit, back but if cocaine. you really yes, want cocaine, cocaine, you could go outside and find cocaine. Like whatever you really want to do. That's like in my backyard. I'm sure I could walk I think I'm sure I, I could walk right back there. to one of these fucking five houses and find cocaine if I really wanted to. If I were hiding cocaine, I'd put it right <laughs> there. But you know what I mean? Like I, I totally I'm in agreement with that. If someone wants to do something, like Patrick Keene telling the kids you can't don't do drugs, don't they're bad. Bad. You said candy was bad. Candy's awesome. People he will did find a better a job way. of repeating his but, joke than I did, by the way. That's what I just said, like you said with Patrick. No, you said you did a better job oh, of repeating that joke. Um but like the idea that you you put some some more laws in, into place just for background checks, just for just for the people that are buying legally and probably shouldn't be. I, you know what? And I agree with that. Go ahead, make the laws. But my point being, you can make yeah. all the laws you want. It's sure. illegal to kill. So yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, exactly. It still goes back to what I said before: is all the I'm fine with whatever laws I, I am because I think that you kind of got to slow the roll a little bit. And what my theory is over time. You also work on changing the culture. Absolutely. The obsession with, the desire to. Those are the things you need to focus on as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why Absolutely. are we so obsessed with it? Why do we feel the need to have to do these things? Like, no one wants to tackle that part of it. It's like it's like anything. Just You have to just try to work it out of the culture where, like, like in my house, and, I mean, again, I also grew up in a very different environment than you did. Zero desire to have guns. No guns now, in my house either. one of my brother's... Grew up to be a police officer, and he likes guns and all that kind of stuff. He does it responsibly. That's fine. But he also was not obsessed with it because we just it just was not a thing in our household. Right. And I just think it, but, but it was he wanted them, but he wasn't obsessed with them. But I mean, uh, it, 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 um, so that makes everything you're saying totally makes sense. Uh, one thing I want to get to, because obviously when I hear this and when you started, I'm just curious. Um, one, well, first off, did you live in Van Nuys area? Did you were you a Valley guy? And how was the heat? No, like, he was horrible. <laughs> like when when I okay, so coming from where I came from, right? And that's again living in these bubbles, and and you know people talk about privilege and all this other kind of stuff, right? 
coming from Cincinnati, I saved up like a few hundred bucks. And I came out here and I was homeless. I was basically homeless. But I had this job. Did you drive out of like car and all that no, kind of stuff? No, because or? I I uh I had we I lost the cars okay. because they were they couldn't make the trip. Like I was, you know, I was leasing. People don't ever lease. I was leasing and then the lease was up and then I was buying cars from auctions, which was great for Cincinnati, but no way I'm gonna get across the country with that. Yeah. And um I came here on a train. Came okay. here on a train. No shit. You're the no. first person I know that came on a train. Because it was faster than a bus. But I came on a train and uh I mean, dude, I was as close as you can get to the dude with the stick and the fucking hobo on the end hobo of it. Don. <laughs> hobo Don. I was as close. I didn't have any money to buy any food. Wow. Real food. Like I bought the ticket. Right, I only had a few hundred dollars that I met. Again, I'm not a criminal. I could have gone out and hit some licks. Uh, a lick is a robbery. I could have gone out and hit a lick Thank and you got for, some money. Thank uh, you just for in case. I mean, he no, no. Knew. I was. He I knew. thought it was no, robbing no. a liquor store. <laughs> well, you would be making the right assessment if I didn't know. But I do. I do. I do. I do talk about um, uh, flipping pigeons all the time. Do you know that term? Flipping the pigeons? Anything like tipping the cow? What the fuck is no, this? No, flipping pigeons is uh, how drug dealers sometimes would use birds Before to cell phones. warn people about. You uh, throw the pigeon up here, you clap your like hands, and it disorients the pigeons so they, they roll, they flip. Yeah. And that guys can see that down the street and they go, cops are coming. Who does that? Tyson. Can, Mike Tyson has pigeons. He can flip pigeons. We like, just send a text. Well, see. now. Well, now. This, is, this, <laughs> this is, was pre This, this is, is you know, cell phones. Back this when you were like, getting, did, decided to not get a lick. But the. Um, <laughs> right, was that what it was? That's close enough. Let him use his. Old man, he calls joints marijuana sticks. I'm so, so close to being woke on. here. I'm just, I'm just almost. Yeah. I'm so woke. Fucking out, dude. You, uh, so okay. I'm on the train. So, all right, so you're on the. So you, you, you take a trip, uh, but you, but you do have a job. So you, you have a general idea of how much money you're, you're going a, to make. However, you have no one gives a shit about that when you get to California. When right. you tell them, hey, no, no, I got money coming in. <laughs> exactly. So can I live Middle here? Finger. No. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. So I'm coming from Cincinnati on a train. I get here. I had made arrangements with uh, a buddy of mine that I served with. His niece lived here. So I was like, oh. But she lived in Santa Clarita. I'm working at Van. I had no idea. That oh. looks close on the map. But when you get... <laughs> no, everything's close on <laughs> Everything the map. Everything in California looks yeah. close. That looks close on the map. But when you get out here, it's like... Playa del Rey, uh, Pasadena, they're right next to each yeah. other. <laughs> Where's Bill Burr? We need that helicopter. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like, so we, I got out here and like, oh, shit. Now I'm out here and now like okay I see the reality of it. Here's where the military shit kicks in, because as a paratrooper you're trained to get the job done no matter what. You just you get there, people brief you. You already know whatever briefing you got is bullshit. Like we're gonna get there, there's gonna be these buildings, there's gonna be this and that. You already know when you get there, there's no fucking building. You're in the middle of a fucking pasture. You still gotta get the mission done. You know what I mean? So you get the mission done. So I get here, I'm like all right, this is fucked up. And then my friend was like, oh this isn't gonna work out. I'm so sorry. You know you're not gonna be able to stay here. Oh, shit. Oh, great. Thanks. Oh, shit. I'm working. It's like, again, you got to work damn near a month before you actually get paid. Yeah. So No um, car. No car. No, no place to no stay. No place to live. I'm at Van Nuys. I'm working. I'm working my ass off. So where are you going, though? So you were at this house. They were, you were still staying there, but they wanted you out. Is that at, it? At this point, that was it. Like, I'm, I was out. Like, you got to go. So I'm at work, and I'm just kind of, you know, I'm sitting around and in this... At the time, it weren't there weren't a lot of black people in air traffic control with DFA. It just weren't. It was there were three of us at Van Nuys, and for like oh, did you say three of us in all of the United well, States I mean, of America? It feels, it feels that way. Something. There were like three of us at Van Nuys, which was a really high number. Like holy shit, I can't believe it was three of us. And it's, it was like the fucking Sith. It was always three. It was like no more. <laughs> like, no They're less. Just keeping that like you this is our quota like, right yeah, here. We're all Darth this and that. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> 
fuck? You know what I mean? I'm going to get a red lightsaber. This is bullshit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it was like three of us and um, <laughs> Kathy, a uh, real good friend of mine to this day, Kathy, she asked, what's wrong? She could obviously see there's something wrong with me. Mind you, I'm training at the busiest, what we call a general aviation airport, like a small airport. It's the, at the time, Van Nuys was the busiest general aviation airport on planet Earth. And you work, how, uh, how many hours, shit, uh, you work how many hours a day? Oh, you, you can only work eight no more than ten hours a day, and you can only work... Uh, how many days a week? Six days, five no more than six. Oh, okay, so you can work six days. You can work an extra day, and you can work those two hours extra. But they got to be careful with that fatigue well, and I mean, all that. Yeah, right? you get a lot of time off and all that. But but at the time, it was just, it was so, it was hard to fathom how busy it was from an air traffic perspective. Like, when I walked in there off the street, this black dude from Cincinnati, Everyone there, like, he, he ain't got a fucking shot. And you know by the way they treat new guys. Again, military training. Fucking new guys. They don't even want to know your name. You ain't going to be alone. You're not going to last five <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? What the fuck? What's your name? My name is Billy. Okay, Sid. Go yeah. over there. <laughs> <laughs> Do the fucking job. See if you can handle it. Yeah, so, but I was determined, and I was like, whatever. So I'm talking to Kathy, and Kathy's like, I told her the story. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got no car to sleep in. Otherwise, I would just sleep in the car and be homeless. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, but I'm, I'm going to figure it out. You know what I mean? I don't know anyone out here. And she was like, look, I'm, I'm in the process. I'm closing on a house. I'm about to have a house, a house in Sylmore. I got this house. I'm just closing on this house. All you need to do is figure it out for a week, and you can come live in the guest room. You know? And I'm like, damn near in tears. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And then... Okay, what about this week? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I don't have any money. Like, I just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we haven't been paid. I'm out here training and working my ass off. I don't have any money. I just can't call home. Like, I need money. They need money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's rooting on me to make it. So, like, oh, we ain't got, you know, so. What the fuck? And she was like, all right. So, she went to the third Sith Lord, the black dude there. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like, yo, he needs this money. To rent a hotel for one week until my place is ready and he can come live with us. So the three of us, they just got the money together, like, and gave me a, a, a envelope of cash and like, wow. here you go. Borderline a stranger at this point, still, right? I mean, you guys don't like, know no each other. Borderline nothing, not, strangers. Okay, like people I ain't supposed to talk to if I was eight. You know what right. I mean? Like it's straight <laughs> up strangers. Yeah. Right? Just coming together, and a lot of it's because shared background, yeah. like you know, shared community, and the the business, the job. You, it's a, such a rare job, it's and and, rare and job. to know someone in it that isn't a complete dickhole, like they see you and they're like, "Oh, this guy can actually do the fucking gig." Now, like, and, we're, and we're so far, we still don't know if I can do the job. Like okay, this is this still is... very early on. Like I'm doing classroom. Like it takes so much time just to get to talk to an airplane when you like if you became a controller today and you did all the other training at the academy and all that shit and you show up at my airport, it would be months before you actually get to talk to okay, an airplane. Okay. Okay. There's so much you gotta learn just downstairs, is what we the term we use. Books and shit. Just, you know, it's just it's, it's it's a ton of information. Yeah. So I'm still trying to do that. And everything is with a test. Like you, you learn this shit, you got to test out. You learn more shit, you got to test out. And all this stuff has to be done right. It has to be perfect. You could lose the job by fucking up the test. That's how. That's where the stress begins. So here I am with a bag of cash, you know what I mean? And I'm like, fuck, I got to find a place. And it's not like a ton of money. It's not like I'm going to the fucking W, right? I mean, nope, but you're also looking for a hotel in Van Nuys close to work. On Roscoe. Oh. Yeah, it's like Roscoe and fucking Sepulveda. Wow. That's a great neighborhood in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Well, guy from Cincinnati, you're like, 
Well, isn't Van Nuys where they're like the Van Nuys courthouse area? There's just it's just nothing but like I mean, again, what is the court area? Gravitate. Are you in that? Are you talking about that area, or are you somewhere like, near um, there? Uh, like I don't. Are you familiar with Lake Balboa over there in the valley? Are you familiar with the valley at all? Yes. We're just a little bit north of Lake Balboa on the four or five freeway, like right there. So the Van Nuys Airport is basically between Roscoe and Van Noy, right adjacent to the four or five freeway. So that's pretty much the heart of Van Nuys. The the city hall is just like a mile, maybe two two and a half miles south okay. east of there. And this intersection, he'll tell you. It was nothing but crack fiends because that's before ice hit the street. And uh, it was right across the street from this really bad strip club, this, ho- this motel I was in. It was a really bad motel. And all the money I had had to include the food I was going to eat, like all that kind of stuff, right? So I'm in this, this place, and I'm like, this is really fucked up. That's what the average person would think, but I'm happy. You know what I mean? Like, at like, least I got somewhere. At least I got somewhere. I, I'm, I'm fairly safe. I can stay in this room. I didn't go outside. Like, I just went to work, and I came back. Like, I'm, I'm going to stay in this room because... I respect every neighborhood. I knew walking into this place, like, this is the fucking hood. And I'm in California. I don't know this area. So I'm not going to make the mistake that a lot of people make and just go outside like I'm a big Billy badass. Fuck that. I'm going to sit in the house. I'm going to sit right here. I'm going to sit down. Right before, like, I have. I came out here with a pager. It was before cell phones, right? Yeah, a fucking pager. Wait, was it a pager with lights? or what, what? It was just regular old. Regular old pager. looking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had this page codes to people or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I got a pager. And um, which didn't work. And I'm sitting here. <laughs> so you didn't really have a pager. <laughs> you had a belt clip. It was on. You looked good. It looked good. Yeah, it was like part of my ensemble. Yeah. Did you always make sure your shirt wasn't covered so people knew you knew it was yeah, up? Yeah, right down the pocket. It was there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I'm like, y'all, I'm gonna respect this neighborhood. I have no idea what's going on. I can see this. There's, there's cats around here. There's, there's serious dudes. I can see them, and they see me. And I'm not afraid of them, but I'm like, I don't want it to have to do this. And fuck That's somebody up or get for. fucked up. Yeah, because yeah. now, I mean, I can lose my job. When you get hired by the FAA that first 12 months, first year, probation, they can fire you for anything. Anything. Yeah, get arrested, get talking to. Speaking to anything anything. They want. fire you for anything. Stern talking to. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, damn. But it worked out. I stayed there for a while, got to move in with Kathy, and I, I, I lived with her for like three months. And then me and another guy that started at the same time got a place in Woodland Hills. So now we're living in Woodland Hills. So I went from that. Wow. To Woodland Hills, yeah, two bedroom, nice. yeah. little different lofts, like different. chilling, like tennis courts. And then you went outside and let people know what's and up. Then right? I went outside, That's like, right. what's up, y'all? Who's going to the hot tub? <laughs> and then everyone's like, bubbles. oh my God, it's a black man, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I had to watch the cops. I was at Woodland Hills. I had to watch the police, man. They was checking me out. Like, nah, I live here, bro. I live here. Uh, so what was it like the first time you got to go? Is there is there a lot of um, uh, anxiety the first time you know you go from downstairs to up and you're going to start talking? Real shit. That's a ton of anxiety. I mean, it's it's, it's yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's like you and said. That, it starts does that with that the testing. Go, does that so ever go away? Worse. Or is it just uh, change? It, it it shape shifts. It, it it never goes away because I mean, look at what you're dealing with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're you're dealing you're dealing in lives and you're dealing in seconds. I mean, it's it's one of those things. You can make a mistake, but you got to catch the mistake immediately. Immediately, and immediately. if you don't, people could. And I'm, there's been scenarios where I'm, you sit there and you you hear someone make the mistake and you tell them, you turned the guy the wrong way. And and they respond with, huh? That was it. That was all the time you had to fix the situation. Now now you just watch, cross your fingers, and hope no one fucking dies. Because they it, that's when it goes, that's like shit. You only had that, that millisecond to make a change. And you missed it. Because you said, huh? <laughs> you know Rock. what I mean? 
and there's your anxiety. And yeah, it, well, you know, dude, I'm anxious hearing that's just that. And like, I, I could let you hear tapes, bro. Like, I got it's just tapes of fucking pilots fucking up. And it's honest mistakes. The pilots make honest mistakes. They're human beings. They're human fucking beings. And they're older human beings. These old dudes with money flying their, their little airplanes around. They're mixing it up with these multi-million dollar jets and these professional pilots. And even the pros make mistakes. People make mistakes. And, you know, you our job is to, we're the last line of defense for that. So You're the fixer, basically. You're right? the fixer. And, you know, in our it's, it's so rare that people actually die in our business. Like, it, it makes the news. If there's an airplane lands, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? A fender bender for us makes the fucking national. But what we don't realize is how many times you're getting out of situations, right? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. The news couldn't cover every close story because no one would ever fly. Can I ask you a question? Um, Were you working on uh, September 11th? No. I was off. I was asleep and uh, living in Santa Clarita at the time. And uh, a friend of mine called me, woke me up because I'd been out. Probably out doing stand-up somewhere. Probably out doing open mics the night before. Yeah. And uh, I get a call, a friend of mine, she's like, an airplane hit a building in the World Trade Center in New York. What kind of airplane was it? Because I'm half asleep. Like, what kind of airplane was it? And she's just a civilian. Uh, it was a Cessna. I'm like, a Cessna hit the World Trade Center? All right, all right, bye. Like, whatever. I go back to sleep. <laughs> and she calls back again. Another airplane hit the World Trade Center. What kind of airplane? Another Cessna. It was a big Cessna. What is she's a just Cessna? using a, a little, Cessna's little, a very little, small little, plane. Yeah, yeah. Like a Cessna. In my mind, like a Cessna hit the World Trade Center. It just put a bounce back. off and yeah. fucking follow <laughs> the, the fuck? guy. Whatever. Yeah. So the pilot um, might have died. she called back, and I can hear the concern in her voice. Like, just turn the TV on. Turn the TV on, and I see the both buildings. That is not like, a fucking Cessna. I say, you're as a big fucking Cessna. That's what I said. Like, you're like, that's not a fucking I'm like, oh, that's a big fucking Cessna. You know, and I, you yeah. know, see the stories, I'm like, goddamn. And right away when I saw that, I'm like, we're at war. And because I'm thinking we're under attack. So if we ain't at war now, we're about to be, because that's that's no accident. And then the Pentagon, and then flight, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, oh, shit. So we all, when stuff like that happens, controllers will check in. Like, we'll just call, say, hey, what's going on? You need me to come in? Yeah. Because at that point, we don't give a shit about money. It's not like people trying to say, I want to get overtime and this and that. Oh. We want to make sure everything's good. What's going on? We know well, some you, shit's about to jump Only a few people can do what you do. There's if about to be chaos service, in the skies, right? That's how you have to look at that, yes, right? Like, and you also know that it, it's also going to be followed by everything. You probably knew right away everything was going to get grounded, I'm assuming. I was, no, I didn't. That What they did was absolutely amazing. In, in, in a field where... And why, do you, and why do you say that? What they did was absolutely amazing. Why, what's your perspective on that? F, the FAA is not known for its managerial skills. It's okay. not like they put the best forward. You feel me? Okay. The yeah. best are working the airplanes. Right? And in my opinion, this is not official, but the second best go on to be management. You know what I mean? Like John's like a shitty air traffic controller because he's always on his fucking phone in front of the radar. <laughs> he's always, always damn near killing people. Guess who's getting promoted to the supervisor's position? Because that gets you away from the airplanes, and that allows us to keep your airplane safe when we get somebody else in there. And that's what happens. People that's what fail I've up. seen. People fail up. They fail all the way up. Yeah. And um, so when I saw that they grounded all the flights and, and, and they shut down the U.S. you know airspace, like first of all, I'm like, who the fuck made that call? That's ballsy. I want to give my high five. And like, because it needed to be done, right? And secondly, I'm like, I don't think that call came from the FAA. I was surprised to learn that it did. It came from the FAA. It did. You were assuming it came from all the way up top. I thought it came from the military. I yeah. thought the Pentagon made the call. Like, shut the fuck up. You would think that down. the military, the first thing I'm they would do, I'm assuming they like, would be no. in those. They would get up in those towers pretty quick. Like, hey, especially the plane they had to shoot down. Right. Well, and that's another thing too. Like, with the military Did they have at the time, a plane down or no? Nah, they sent they sent an aircraft, but he wasn't armed. And see, here's the thing: 
the the thing with like at the time, our aerial defense, right? We never worried about it. Who the fuck is ballsy enough to come over here and right. try to fuck right. with us? Right. You know what I mean? Like we are the biggest, baddest motherfuckers with all the guns. Like who's gonna come over here and fuck with us? What other nation? Is stupid enough to mess with them. I mean, who was the last to try it? Was Germany and Japan? Really, Japan? Germany didn't even really fucking attack because it was Japan. Yeah, and you see what happened to them. You yeah. know what I mean? So we weren't prepared for that. Like they weren't. There weren't cat flights. We weren't patrolling the skies looking for bad guys prior to that. We do right. it now, but we weren't doing it then. So eventually, they did scramble fighter jets, but the jets that they scrambled, to my knowledge, weren't armed. So the guys, you know, the guys were up there like, well, shit, if I got to do something, I'm going to ram the fucking jet, which they, they just punch out. You yeah, know I was going to say, they eject it's, and it just, send the thing on a... Think about that bravery. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I have a fucking, oh, I'll just aim my plane and then I'll get out. Like, well, also knowing what you're doing. I'm about to kill all these people on, those, on that plane. For everybody else. Right, to save everyone else. And I'm going to eject. I'm, it's not just getting, I'm not going to get close. I'm going to make sure I hit the fucking plane. And then, then punch get out. the hell out. It's more likely you're not going to survive that. You know what I mean? That's jumping on a grenade, literally. I mean, that's. I mean, it, it just goes to show you how brave Americans can be, and most Americans are. But yeah, they shut the airspace down. I was shocked, and we called in, and the guys, people like me who were off, they're like, "No, nah, you're good. Stay home. Don't so, come in." So basically, you don't come in until they. When, when things are grounded, you do not go to work. No, right? no, you come to work. You the do. Airspace. You still got someone has to watch the skies. Because just in case something. Okay. You got to watch the skies. So our rotation never changed. I came. It just happened to be my day off. When I my my, my weekend was over, I came to work, and and you know the airspace is shut down. This is what we're doing now. We it was have this down brief. for what two weeks? About yeah. Well, it was it was it shut felt down. Like it was down for a while. It was down for a while, a and it just took two weeks to get it back to normal. Okay. So it was shut down. Nothing could fly, just military. And then it was like, okay, military, law enforcement. Okay, military, law enforcement, medical. Okay. You know what I mean? And then slowly, okay, military, <laughs> law enforcement, well, yeah. medical, and then we'll let the astronauts fly. We'll let NASA fly now because they got to move astronauts from here to there to do something, whatever. And then, okay, we're going to start letting air carriers fly. And then it went, okay, we're going to start letting the little guys with their assessments fly. But here are the rules. Like, it was like new rules. You That's what I was going to ask you. I think I'm assuming a lot of new protocols everything were also changed. put I mean, in everything place, was right? different. Everything changed. And then, okay, now we're back to normal. But we got these new rules and we're doing this thing and we have these new positions that are open and manned by more shitty managers that we done moved away from the boards. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they honestly, overall, they did a good job. I, mean, I was really impressed and proud of that day to get I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but if you can pull up a map of the national, you know, America's airspace system, and it'll show you right now who's in the sky and all these targets. And just imagine within a matter of hours, they're all gone. They were all on the ground. I got everybody on the ground in a matter of hours. I, I mean, I don't think you ever. Because they ground up wherever. It's closest airport, correct? Closest airport. Closest airport. So you got all these jets landing. So if you were in Van Nuys that day driving around, you would see American Southwest, JetBlue, they all these taking, people landing. Was there. Get down, get down <laughs> now. Landing in Van Nuys, yeah. And, and then the airport, like we were talking about the airport, is their job now to figure out how we're going to get all these people off, where we're going to park these airplanes, how we're going to get them to where they need to go, all that. That's the airport's job. So you had not just the FAA scrambling, but you had all these airports scrambling. Good Lord. Trying to figure out. And then these people get off the plane. All right, this is L.A. Like, nah, man, this ain't L.A. Welcome to Walla Walla, Washington. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the, well, how do I get? And they have they no idea. They don't know. They have no fucking idea. Is, you got to yeah. go, well, by the way, you landed in the wrong spot. It's going to be a little while before you can get up in another plane. Because and also, we're at war. We're probably at war right now. We're at war. What? 
So, and and was, which is weird for big on American soil and being told the reason why you're being taken down is because we've been attacked. We've been attacked big time. And then there was a controller on his way back from Italy when all this happened. He was forced to land in uh, Canada. Wow. Like one of our one of our guys. He Stay told there, that buddy. Story. Stay there. He told us, oh, he, he was one of the old timers. We couldn't get him back if we tried. He was like, fuck yeah, because he was like, I'm getting paid. <laughs> just, I'm just gonna. This one old time. Running up yeah. the hotel tab. Yeah, I was good. Whatever. Did, How much? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Do you? Does it? Do because because of because of um, uh, nine eleven and the fears of the things that happen on those planes. Do you guys ever get? Are you guys? You're also getting calls like if so, they get worried about suspicious. Uh, 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 that goes through you guys, correct? Or do they have it a could. separate? Are they? Are there multiple communications going in on a plane? Yeah, it could. It it could. Like it, it different scenarios. Like if if you're on a plane and something goes wrong on that plane, and the pilots think there's something, there may be something going on. Yeah, we we they can, contact. They talk to you guys. They're talking to us already, right? So we can deal with that. And do they have they have codes and all that kind of they stuff? Yeah, all that good shit. Like okay. it's, it's all sorts of, and they can communicate with their company on the ground. They can oh. communicate with us. You know what I mean? So. Their only concern is this door, like making sure no one breaches this door, you know what I mean? And and then they're they're they'll get that fucking airplane down, and the controllers will make sure to do whatever they need to do. Um, but like let's say you got an airplane that's flying around somewhere in Mexico, close to the border, and all of a sudden it starts it, it breaches the border. There are entities that watch that, and they're watching that aircraft. Like, well, we got this target, I'm not sure what it is. Let's put some eyes on this target because oh, because it's not in your system. All of a sudden, something just shows up in your system. Right, it could be a flock of birds, it could be a big fucking truck. We don't know. We think it's something. Let's send somebody over there, and then they have now. Right now, you can scramble. You can get your hands on some military entity somewhere with a very fast moving jet. Oh, you guys are in also in conjunction with the military. Yeah, we can get a hold of them. We can okay. get a hold of them right away. Like, hey, you know, we got this thing, and we need this. Normally, what would happen is someone else will tell us, "Hey, you got fast movers inbound." There's a you know there's a bogey there's a they won't say bogey but there's a target there's an unidentified target headed your way we're not sure what it is and then sure enough there's F-18s here they come and we'll see them on the radar here they come <laughs> fast <Jeez>. as fuck <laughs> you know what I mean and within moments they're right there it's kind of like when they fucking come out of hyperspace and Star Wars just bam they're <laughs> like right there and yet and somewhere in all this all of a sudden you go you know what I need to do stand up and why. To fucking let all that shit go. But did you see it somewhere or something that, that inspired it? No, nah, like with stand-up, I think that um, I would hang out with my friends. Just Now, by this time in my life, I'm doing really good. Like, well into six figures. I was, no kids. Like, I'm doing good for fucking L.A. even. Like, I'm yeah. doing all right. Single dude. Hanging out with my friends, partying, doing whatever. And we would get together, and I would just be cracking jokes. Just talking shit. And my friends would be crying. Just literally in tears. And it just much this went on. Finally, like, you have to go and do stand-up. You have to go do it. All right, fuck it. So I looked into <laughs> it, and, and I looked into the comedy store. Because the, you know, Potluck comic, yep. the big billboard. 40 comics, Sundays, Mondays, stand line. Yeah. Remember they used to do uh, Tuesdays. It would be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday back oh, wow. in the day. Because we used to go from there to Dublin's and Miyagi's. Because you had Dublin's uh, was the shit. Right? You, see, you were still doing it back then. Dublin's was awesome. Yeah, that's when Dane was like king that fucking Dane. Dude, I would, you know what I, mean? I, I would get phone calls. Dane's going to go up at Dublin. We would all run down there. Fuck man. yeah, and go see that shit. Yeah, that man. Was, and all the celebrities. That was right. the hangout. Dude, that was right? the, the first hangout. time. The, I did two sets at Dublin's, and they were 
at the time, they were two of the best sets I'd ever had, and I felt like I had just done Madison Square Garden. The regular the, set or the open, the new faces show? Thing? I did. He let me do, he let me close out the early show. Jay Davis let me close out the early show because Ahmed put in a good word for me. And then when he saw how good I did, he put me on a regular show. And both those was like fucking just like Myla Kunis was there. I was just fucking random celebrities like, we love comedy. Yeah. I was like, oh man, yeah, yeah, this you, is great. You tickled Jay Davis' balls, didn't you? you no, he <laughs> ignored me until Ahmed got me in because. Until you tickled his balls. Until I tickled his balls. You, tickled his balls. you, you gotta squeeze the taint. It's a the fucking... Just enough pain, <laughs> but it still feels good. Yeah, no, I mean, that was, but that you're right. Those were, I mean, Miyagi's was. A nightmare to do, but it was still a popular. Miyagi's was fun. I got to do Miyagi's. I never got to do. I was booked to do the new, like the new, like the the pre-show. Mm-hmm. The week it got closed, Good. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do the pre-show at fucking Dublin's. Oh you, fuck yeah! That's when everybody hears like, what the fuck is a cabaret license? Like literally, I believe that's was, what shut it down. That's what shut it down, and <laughs> I was so I, I was heartbroken. I had fucking four and a half minutes. God damn it! You were ready I was to gonna that, run it. And that was the place, though. That's you thought shit was about to. That, that was like Carson, right? Like Dude, that's yeah. where people felt Dublin's like things was could change better, here. That, that was that was when people were getting away well, from clubs. Well, the clubs were struggling back yeah, then. Yeah, the clubs were really struggling. Dude, the first what first two three seasons of the last comic was all the guys you saw at fucking Dublin's. Dublin's, Dublin's yeah. yeah. Ralphie, fucking Tammy. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, her fucking bit about the fucking uh, uh, her her gangster grandfather was retired, and they had a the pension plan. They would pull up a truck and kick a box off or oh. some shit like that. <laughs> Brilliant! And then I saw it on fucking uh, when she did last yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the first Dublin. place I saw Zach Galifianakis. Yes. Wow. And I yeah. was like, what? And everybody, you, th- that was back when I don't know if he still has that feeling now, but that was back when people like you were talking about people were stopping. And they were watching specific comedians, yeah. and there was that that you. I don't know, really know if that's really happening as much in it the does, last I mean, decade. I, I, but, I think it does for sure. But it was huge back then. I yeah. would, I would love. That's my goal in comedy now because I love comedy. Like, it, thing with Seinfeld, right? I've never been a Jerry Seinfeld's fan per se. I mean, he's he's great. Yeah, but you never loved his. Stand-up I was just never really into. I didn't. I didn't watch the show. I mean, I just wasn't that dude. Nothing against him. Yeah. But comedians in cars getting coffee. I love that dude. We have something in common. We both love comedy. We both love stand-up comedy. Yeah. And I I mean, that's what I want to do. I, w- I would love to be able to, to have a show like Dublin's. We got close with that um Corona Cantina we had. You had a couple of shows that were always all all I like doing all of your shows, dude. They were yeah. always fun. I don't know if you did that one. We had it was across the street from Miyagi's. I don't know if you did that one. Um, we we were close. Like we were really. We had the sheriff hanging out in there. Like all the fucking. We had all the cool kids from fucking uh, Saddle Ranch in there. Yeah. We had great comedians. Um, we got close. But I I would love to be able to to have that show, that weekly show that just has the best stand up, the best comics, the best crowd. And ideally be able to pay everybody. That's the hardest thing in this town. So you, you want to reshift the anxiety yeah. you got from air traffic controller into running a comedy show where everybody in the world that has expectations, including yourself. Yeah, but you know what? It, to me, it's the, not even The pressure. Anxiety. I was going to say, it. the pressure must be I, I, so I nothing. It. Like, of course we freak it. out about everything. And you're like, dude, I had to make sure big, giant pieces of metal landed on the ground. It didn't kill anybody. Like, yo, I say, I mean... Yeah, I would be running those shows. I would, all these shows I ran, and uh, I tried to run. My thing is, just run good shows. Funniest guy go up last. That's that's my only rule. Funniest guy go up last, and I don't give a shit after that. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna bring up somebody because they're you know they're a celebrity. You, if you're a celebrity and you funny, great, get on up there. But if you're not funny, you can't go before John. No, no, no. I'm not gonna have you. I'm not gonna have you bring up all the energy, crush, and then bring up some motherfucker. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? He's got a couple of fucking right. TV spots. I, I don't yeah. give a shit about that. And like, well, who do you think you are? I'm a fucking air traffic controller, bro. Like, I make <laughs> consistently your kind of bread. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just make it consistently. You, you're spiking. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're spiking. So fuck you. You know what I mean? If you don't like it, <laughs> I'm not Hollywood. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. you, I don't want to be on your show. I don't want to be in your entourage. I don't. Yeah. I can get you in a sky bar. I can buy my own fucking bottle at sky bar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I do it all the time. So, <laughs> no, I want the show to be great. And I had that with some guys that I know. I was like, yo, we're in a room with them. We're going to put up this comic. And uh, the comic we're about to put up is going to be Sam Tripley. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to put up Sam. So, do you want to go up now or not? And I'm not going to say who the comic was. Like, you want to go up now or not? And he was like, no, nah, I don't want to go up. Fine. Ooh, Sam, dude, do your thing. Following Sam if you're dude, not ready this for was it. 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, dude. He's a monster. Oh, my God. He did that fucking, fucking magical drunk chick bit or whatever the fuck he did. Man. This is, this is what, this, he wasn't still doing the Where's the Post Office for Good Looking People? My, no, mo- he my was, mom still talks about that joke. He wasn't doing that. He was doing. He was doing the one with uh, the gazelle bit with the chick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was doing the gazelle bit, and he was doing, uh, like I said, magical drunk chick, which is like the same routine. Yeah. People are crying. I'm, dude, it was just little little fucking spot. People falling out their fucking Yo, tears. Yo, he could crush a room of eight people. He could make them shit their pants oh. right And then Sam comes off. And I'm like, all right, Sam, what's up? And then I can hear someone, the host goes up. It's like, okay, coming to the stage. da 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 what? They went up. They went up. They saw Sam. Oh, I'm about to go do this. They went up. And the energy went from here to fucking Shanghai. Toilet. Like all the way through the toilet, down, all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was pissed. I was fucking Because you want people leaving your shows going back. God damn, dude. I cannot wait to come back. Holy fuck, that was fun. Not... I really like the guy before this dude who I've seen on TV who actually was a turnoff. That's exactly what happened. But that's what I would like to do. I mean, that's I love comedy to that extent, man. Like I'm, I, 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 I can't wait to just do comedy and fuck around in the business. I can't wait to shop shit. I don't heard all the horror stories. You know what I mean? Like going but in. But the pressure's you, off you. No more pressure, man. You're like, I can just. I've done the thing. I, I made the money. No one's uh, gonna die. Now I. No one's gonna <laughs> die no right there. Die. Which honestly, more Not people should take. Not because of you. Not more people it's, should take. Nope, no one's gonna die again ever. Never, ever. Uh, but it's, but it's more over. people should have that <laughs> attitude because what we're doing is not fucking curing cancer. We're not fucking making things that are gonna last a hundred years. No one's gonna remember our fucking names in fucking hey, hey. twenty five, fifty hey. years. It won't matter. Then what do we do with this podcast? We're for? we're having fun. We're, dude. we're enjoying fun. ourselves. You're like the United States Army. And you made promises and did put it in writing, and now you're telling me no one gives a shit about us. I'm not saying you that. You told we're people we're gonna give we're a shit about us. One thousand three hundred thirty ninth on iTunes. That's What's up? So, I'm on this shit. But but dude, I mean uh, that's it's awesome, dude. I've loved I've loved every show I've ever done that you've produced. I hope you produce a shit ton more. We are. And we're gonna do some more. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And, and, uh, and one last thing, real quick. Yeah. I know you're dying to, to know. Have I ever worked Fatal's as an air traffic controller? Yes, I have. Oh. Oh yes, yeah. I yes, I have. That's and, awful. So on that note, um, well, but when you say that though, you mean that like there's just there's nothing you, you, there's a variety of reasons why things happen, but you have but you're you're it, that's your world in that moment. You're, you're no no, I, I I worked a situation where four people died, four people lost their lives, and it doesn't happen often because I, I was gonna make this point earlier and I kind of drifted off. It doesn't happen a lot in our business, mm-hmm. and is the percentages whatever it is, I would I would I would imagine the percentage of controllers who've actually talked to people while they're dying in a accident or incident or crash it's got to be in the single digits 
But do you know it at the time, or you're working through it, and then it just happens? Or in that specific no, no, instance? You're working, and then there's a moment where you're like, there's no coming back. Sometimes you see the fucking smoke. You oh. know what I mean? Sometimes you hear the people as they're dying before the radios go out. Right? Um, in my case, I'm working in... Um, there was a lot, an awful lot of helicopter activity. A bunch of helicopters. All of back in, back then, most of the media helicopters lived at Van Nuys. Like almost all of them, except for TV Two, lived at Van Nuys. Okay. So all these helicopters are taking off, and they're all going the same direction. And then one of the uh, the controller who was talking to the helicopter says, "Hey, did you lose any aircraft?" And I'm busy working, so I didn't quite what. And yeah, I'm busy because I'm looking for two aircraft that I'm missing. And then another controller is like, the media guys are going to the midair. They want to know where the midair is. The midair is. like, So it was a midair collision, and these people died. And that's how I found out oh my God. That, the, that it was over. And I knew, like, ain't nobody surviving this shit. And then, and then fast forward six years, I'm not making this up, a close friend of mine's coworker was on a golf course one day when this airplane fell out the sky. That was the day. It just midair happened. He was on the golf course as the plane was crashing to earth, and he was asking me about it. And I'm like, yeah, I worked out. And he was like, yeah, I was on the golf course that day. And he and I talked about it. He gave me perspective that I didn't even have, even after all of the, you know, investigations and all that kind of shit. So it was just funny how. Fuck. Yeah, hilarious. So, yeah, and that was, you know, when shit like that happens, I don't do anything. I don't do any comedy. I don't drink. And the first thing, like, if something traumatic happens, don't drink. Don't run home and get drunk. Do they? Don't. You have to. Are you? Is it mandatory that you take time off at the when that happens? Sometimes, okay. yeah. It's, it's, it's highly recommended that you take time off. Um, and, and and then that's the first time I ever spoke. I ever like went to a counselor and all that kind of stuff. I never did that. You know, black folks don't believe in that shit. But Charlemagne the God wrote a book saying we should do it. So maybe we should. <laughs> but uh, yeah. you know what I mean. Shout out to Charlemagne. But no, it's. I went and it really helped me. It really helped. I I I didn't know what to do. This was. I'm used to death and destruction and that type of shit. I've dealt right, with all right, that, right. but not in this world. Way different capacity. I, I was this close to just quitting. Like, oh, I can't handle this. And it wasn't my fault. And that was one of the things is like, no matter what you do, sometimes you just can't You can't control it. something. You yeah. can't control that. And I'm like, bullshit, I'm a controller. You know what I mean? And I, to this day, I will always feel that if I had done this, if I had only done this, maybe... And yeah, that's something I but just that's carry. human nature. That, I just got to carry it with you. Know, you carry hindsight with you. and all that shit. It's like... You, you still, you, just, you carry it with you. And you, it doesn't eat me up. It's just one of those things now, because of my background, I'm able to, I think, cope with that a lot yeah. better than some other people. But I see why people, they decide, I don't want to end it all. I want to do this. I get it now. I never understood that until I dealt with something this serious. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why I do stand-up, because that's what I'm trying to balance. I'm trying to balance this shit and then I'm like, well, let me go do this stand up, you know what I mean? And it's and it just it just helps me realize, like we just said, like man, life is so much more than both of these. Like if if yeah. I can find a balance between these two worlds, you know what I mean? And then next time, invite me back so we could talk about uh, uh, child custody and money and family court. We I could got do a part great two. one on Jesus. that. One. Yeah, we could definitely. I do got a, part a great two. one on that one, yo. That was uh, super intense, but um, thank you for doing the show because we don't. I mean, it's you're like a weird, rare animal. You know what we I mean? We barely scratched like, the surface. So and yeah, and I back. feel like we barely got into it. But like, 
But John, uh, John, you know, you my man and everything. Never call a black dude weird, rare animal. Oh. He's not supposed to do that. That's that's <laughs> is that what he said? Weird, I, rare animal. I just meant like I just meant the, in I'm the terms of this you, man. hybrid on, of comedian. Well, I know, but now I have to defend myself <laughs> because I could fucking get SNL tomorrow. We have no idea. Hire him. He's an amazing man. <laughs> I am fucking with him. We are comics. This is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But, this is what we but do. But yeah, but just just like like we I'm in comedy. We've all had we all have day jobs. We all have to make things fucking we all have to make our ends meet. No one's making money in comedy the first fucking twenty years. True. So like that's hard. But like to have a most of our jobs are like Fucking this job can fuck off because it doesn't matter because what I'm doing is this and it, it, the balance is the other way around. Whereas yours is like, whew, that's some intense shit, dude. It is, and I need it. I, I it was it was gonna be this or fucking archery. Like I don't know, you gotta do something. Archery, <laughs> you know what I mean? You got Don Lewis, uh, famous archer, is on the show. Uh, <laughs> Put this apple in your head and walk down here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck that, Brian. <laughs> oh. uh, hey, let's yeah. not book that guy anymore. The, <laughs> the guy with the, the bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that that's intense, and we definitely we'll have you back to to talk more about it. But um, yeah, man, we got so much more to talk about, man. Yeah. We we the army life was fun. I got some stories about that. Oh yeah. yeah, but but thank you, and and also thanks for running shows, dude. Because like I said, you put on really good shows. I appreciate the audience whenever I'm there, and yeah. Yeah. I love it. And you know, I always come by November is the next one at Sycamore Tavern. I forget the exact date, but I'll, I'll send it to you. Tell yeah. your man. Tell your man we can definitely use him. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, you should come. Have fun. Okay. Buy you a drink. It's fun. it's fun. Show your toes. Make sure you show your toes. <laughs> but yeah, no. It's, uh, it's Sycamore Tavern. is a good time. Uh, Don Lewis. Check him out online. See his shows if you live in the Los Angeles area. And uh, thanks, man. Thank thanks you. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. Yeah. Thanks amazing. for listening, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>